Hello, I'm Oliver Colley, and this is my 70s TV childhood. Welcome to my 70s TV childhood. It's great to have you listening as we continue our celebration of growing up in Britain during the 1970s and the part that television played in our lives. You can join the conversation on our website, www.my70stvchildhood.com, tweet us at 70s TV Childhood, or email me, oliver at my70stvchildhood.com. Now, do you remember this? Here is a box, a musical box, wound up and ready to play. But this box can hide a secret inside. Shall we see what is in it today? And with those immortal lines spoken by the marvellous Brian Kent, we are back to Kenwick Green, one of the so-called Trumpton Trilogy. So that's right, today we're going to be casting our minds back to watch with Mother. For those who don't remember, or who are in other countries... There was a weekday slot on our main broadcaster, BBC One, dedicated to the under-fives, which was called Watch With Mother, a reflection of the patriarchal society which Britain still was at that time. Fathers were meant to be out working, and mothers were meant to be at home looking after the children. It was also one of the few programmes which was on during daytime hours in the 1970s. For those who may not remember... Camberwick Green was an animated series based in the village of the same name. At the start of each episode, one of the characters came out of a musical box, and the focus of the episode was their story. This opening scene is a happy memory for many of us in my generation, and it was even affectionately parodied in the BBC series Life on Mars, where the main protagonist, Sam Tyler, came out of a musical box at the start of one of the episodes. Even in the 1970s, some of the situations were a bit anachronistic. One of the prime movers in the village was Windy Miller, who milled flour in his windmill. Dr Mop was the local GP and for some reason wore a top hat as he drove around in what appeared to be a vintage car. The rule of law was imposed through PC McGarry, number 452, whose song is reverberating in my head as I think of it, and who drove what I remember was a pretty smart motorbike, with a radio phone included, which I found fascinating. I'd like to hear your memories of Kenwick Green, Trumpton and Chigley, as I think they deserve an episode of our podcast in their own right. Going back to Watch With Mother, I wasn't old enough to remember some of the early programmes, like Muffin the Mule and Picture Box, which were staples of 1950s children's TV programming, but I do remember many of the programmes featured in Watch With Mother vividly. I mentioned Mary, Mungo and Midge in our last episode, so I won't dwell on them, but as well as the Trumpton trilogy, the regular programmes included Bill and Ben, the Flowerpot Men, the Wooden Tops, and the really quite sinister Andy Pandy. There were also several shows from the Oliver Postgate studio, including Pogles Wood and Bagpuss. Many of the shows dated from the 50s and 60s and were shown again and again over a 20 or 30 year period, But there were also new shows made in the 1970s, like the marvellous Mr Ben, featuring the voice of the great Ray Brooks, and the possibly drug-influenced Bod, 
which is pretty hard to describe in a podcast, as it really was quite strange. I don't necessarily remember watching with my mother, but I assume she was there, as my father was at work during the day. What I do remember is that all of the programmes, with the exception of Andy Pandy, were very engaging, had good storylines, and generally had a moral to convey around doing the right thing and being nice to each other. Several of them are worth an edition of this podcast in themselves, given how popular they were, and the memories that many of you have of them. Which was your favourite? Let me know on the blog at www.my70stvchildhood.com I'm joined by a couple of listeners today who want to share their memories of watching Mother. First up is Gillian, who joins us from Cambridge. Hello, Gillian. Hello, Oliver. Lovely to have you on My 70s TV Childhood, and thanks for agreeing to share some of your memories. So, Gillian, whereabouts were you brought up? I was brought up in Leeds, in the suburbs of Leeds. And what was was growing up in Leeds like? Well, I think you've mentioned before, as other people do, uh, no doubt it was uh, not as romantic and as sun-filled as I remember it, but it was happy. It was busy. There were lots of friends. There were lots of things to do and happy family life. And then thinking about television, what are your early memories of television? I do remember things like we were going to watch something at a certain time. I do remember that. Yes. And people talking about television the next day at school uh, because we'd all watch the same thing. But I suppose personally, one of the things that I remember from very early is Watch With Mother. Um, and I watched Watch With Mother from being very small to probably being far too old uh, for the target audience. I think you're probably not alone <laughs> in that because I think some of the some of the shows were, were really great. We grew up with them and they were quite enduring. Yes, yes. I suppose, uh, I suppose that's it. And you still think fondly of them now. So what were your, your favourites in Watch With Mother? I liked the wooden tops. And although it seemed absolutely ridiculous and very far away, I think it was a farm or a market garden was the yes. setting. And of course, everybody uh, then had had Southern or received pronunciation type accents. However, I found it really engaging. Um, but the best thing, and I still remember it now in my mind's eye very clearly, is the biggest spotty dog you ever did see. And what used to happen in the wooden tops? Well, not much. That was the point. I think mummy was in the kitchen. The man was helping daddy in the garden. The children were hanging around and the spotted dog jumped up and down. And as far as I can remember, that was about it. That corresponds with what I remember and uh, we loved it as well. Absolutely. And the thing I remember, um, even even as a small child, is how obviously the biggest spotted dog you ever saw was a puppet because the strings were so visible, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter because he was so full of life and he was such a good character that you could see the strings. You knew it was a puppet, but it didn't matter. No, that's right. And do you have any other programmes that you remember? The run I really didn't like was Andy Pandy. It seemed yeah, bizarre. Me too. Um, I mean, what? Who was Andy Pandy? I mean, at least Teddy looked like a Teddy, and Luby Lou, she was a bit weird. But Andy Pandy was the worst. And in fact, I do remember when, uh, obviously, some years later, my first term at university, I'm going to a fancy dress party. And there was some tall, gangly chap dressed in an Andy Pandy costume, and it really gave me quite a fright. Well, that sounds like a very strange choice for a fancy dress costume. 
Indeed, it was, and I, I don't think he had. Uh, I don't think he had many admirers, but it certainly made an impression. <laughs> Indeed. And what about any other programmes that you remember? Tales of the Riverbank, which was very boring, but I did like seeing the the live animals because that that was the only one where there were real creatures. I think that's right. They must have trained them very well. <laughs> well, they just sort of they just sort of bobbed around as far as I can recall. And I, again, I can't remember any of the stories, and it seemed rather tedious. But I did like seeing the animals. Anything else that, that springs to mind? Bill and Ben, the flowerpot men. And that was very odd. And I do remember in the playground, there was a fad for going, weed. How are you today? Weed. Yeah, I think that was tend to be the girls who were going, weed. And the well, I was a girl. And how are you? Maybe so, but I went to a girls' school from the age of seven. So it was just girls. You were identified with weed. With weed. Anything else that you remember? Oh, yes. Well, um, the thing I do remember, which again was very enduring, was the clangers, the little knitted creatures. Oh, yes, yes. And... For the great Oliver Postgate. The great Oliver Postgate, who did all sorts of things. Um, and is he Emma Thompson's father? No. Well, you can edit that out. <laughs> very, very... Yeah, I know he did a lot of things, but obviously I didn't know at the time. But the clangers was quite something. There was just something unworldly, huh, literally, but also just, um, it was so harmless, but somehow so engaging. And of course, they spoke in it. There's obviously a theme here. They spoke in a peculiar way as well. And how did they speak, for those that don't remember the program? Uh, my whistling's not very good. Can you do better? Exactly. Yes, yes. Yes, we're confirming to gender stereotypes here. You can whistle better than I can. And it, it is true that, that that kind of whistling communication and um, and my oldest friend, uh, we were at primary school together uh, and then together uh, at secondary school, which was really quite a, an academic, traditional girls' school. And when we uh, were in our uh, early teens, we'd still be doing clangers talk on the way home um, from school. We'd be talking in the funny whistling, which I won't try again, uh, in between talking about T.S. Eliot or, or Russia or whatever. So that obviously that, that kind of language had a, had a real impact as well. It was just engaging. I can't remember anything about it, except they were little and knitted. There was something to do with the soup dragon. Yes, a soup dragon. Soup dragon. Yes. But it was really the little knitted, sort of almost like little mice type creatures. That's right. They? That's right. Yes, I, I was very fond of the clangs myself. Well, that's great. Well, thanks, Julie, for sharing those memories with us. Uh, I hope you carry on listening. I certainly and, will. And um, hopefully you might join us again on My Senses TV. That would be very Charlie. nice. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your memories, Gillian. Now, I think the Clangers were not strictly watched with Mother, but they were brilliant, so I'll let you off on that one. We're also joined once again by George from Wimbledon, who I spoke to earlier. Joined again by by George, who joined us in the last uh, episode, talking about his earliest TV memories. Um, Welcome back, George. Thanks for joining us again. Today we're, we're, we're focusing on memories about Watch With Mother, the Watch With Mother slot. I know you, you touched on some things last time we spoke about how you enjoyed Oliver Postgate's programmes, so um, Bagpuss and others like that. So um, what, what memories have you got of that kind of that? Because it was a whole, for me, it was a whole sort of slot of programmes 
where it, it literally was just sat down and watched watch with your mother. Yeah, I, I mean, it's quite interesting because I, I sort of associated Watch With Mother with, with children's TV programmes before I was born or, or, or watched them. Hmm. Um, so, you know, I sort of associated them with, you know, the, the very early black and white sort of Andy, Andy and Flowerpot Men um, as opposed to the programmes that I remember watching as a child. Yeah. Um, but, and, you know, intentionally, you know, what I watched was Watch With Mother, but I didn't, I didn't link the two of them necessarily. Right. So what, but what, certainly, you know, if you, if you talk about Watch With Mother and things like Flowerpot Men and, and um, you know, Andy Pendy, <clears throat> I don't really think they resonated with me particularly much. Andy Pendy, I just, I just thought, who's this guy in this blue and white play suit? Uh, you know, I've got yeah. nothing of him, you know. I, I found mm. Andy Pendy quite quite sinister. It's really for me for Andy Pendy. Mm. Quite quite sinister in the way, you know, in a way. Perhaps I was I was quite a serious child at times, but um, yeah, him and Luby Lou and Teddy. <laughs> That was, uh, yeah. I think it belonged to a different age because I'd imagine it probably dates from the 50s or so. I would yeah, I mean, it, it, it never really, yeah, I always sort of associated it with sort of the end of the 60s rather than my actual sort of childhood TV. I mean, in terms of Bill and, Bill and Ben the Flowerpot Men, I mean, it's, uh, there's a slightly anarchic uh, aspect to them, which I think as a child I liked. You know, certainly, you know, if you're in a pub and you saw them, you'd stay clear. Um, <laughs> I think you probably would, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think, you know, if, if Shameless was ever sort of made into a puppet show, you'd think it'd be something like Bill and Ben. Oh. Um, <laughs> now, what about some of the others? So I used to like um, things like Trumpton and Camberwick Green. So I thought those, I thought those yeah, were Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're the sort of the ones that everyone mentions, sort of, you know, Chigley. Uh, Trumpton and Camberwick Green. Although, they, you know, I, I did have, uh, just thinking about it, just trying to separate out what each of them was about. So, yeah. um, Chigley was all about the steam train. Yes. Which used to come to the, the rescue each episode. Trumpton was the fire station. That's right. Uh, and, the, and the square, where yeah. all the shops were. Um, and that, but then I was just trying to think what Camberwick Green Camberwick was. Camberwick Green was, was the village. And that was started with the musical box, with a character coming out of the musical box. Yes, yeah, I remember the musical box. I remember sitting, watching that with my mother, and it all and it used to be, you know, not having bets, but you know, guessing <laughs> who was going to come out of the box. Yeah, um, that's right. Here is a box, a musical box, wound um, up and ready to play. Can you guess who'll be in it today? Yeah, so it all starts with that sort of Piero, the in the uh, rolling the credits. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Now those are those are some of the classic when, ones. Miller was Wendy Miller Camberwick Green. I think he was. Uh, he was, yeah. He, sort of- he was. He was in Camberwick Green. I think he, he did make an occasional guest appearance in Trumpton. But I used to. Um, here's, then, a, here's a confession for you. Yeah. When I was when I was very young, um, I I used to pick up the telephone whenever it rang, and I'd answer it and say, uh, "Hello, Trumpton Fire Station, Captain Flex speaking." <laughs> Yes, right away, right away. And then I put the phone down, much to the chagrin of my parents who were probably expecting some important call. Uh, but I did that for quite some time before I was persuaded that wasn't a good idea. But I, what was, which one was it that had the uh, sort of the, the, the whistle blew for the end of work and they all went and did that sort of square dance? Was that Camberwick Green? That was, was, that, uh, that was Chigley. That was Chigley. Chigley. Lord, and I'm sure some of our listeners will to tell me, Lord, I can't remember his name. Who owned the Chigley estate and presumably owned yes, the factory I mean, that I, the workers worked in? 
Lord Brockett, was it? No, yes. no I yeah, think he I mean, might be real. You know, looking back, it did seem to be uh, somewhat reactionary about the <laughs> aristocratic landowner with his personal steam train riding to the rescue of the workers. Well, perhaps it's a metaphor for uh, English sure society. That, uh, uh, I don't know. 70s was a, a, a time of extremes. Maybe they were trying to just reassure the young children that uh, the upper class will always ride. Well, uh, mate, well that's right, yeah. But um, obviously, as a child, you didn't quite see that. But it's probably there, there in our brains somewhere. I mean, um, I suppose things did move on later on in the 70s uh, when you had things like, do you remember Bod? Yeah, yeah. No, was, I really was, liked Bod, actually. That was an interesting one. Here's Bod. It's very impressive whistling there. Yeah, don't ask me to do it again. I probably won't be able to do it as well the second time. So you like Bod? Oh, sorry, Lord Belber is tickly. Lord Belber, that's right, yes. Yeah, there Lord Belber. I can edit that in later. Yes, but there's Bod. I mean, another early one that I really liked was Tales from the Riverbank. Ah, Tales from the Riverbank. Now, what? I, I only vaguely remember that. That Was that the one where they had live animals? Yeah, they had live... Yeah, they had, I think they had a rat and a hamster. And they, I mean, God knows how they got them to stay in the boats they had in, but they had them, like, zipping up and down some waterway. That's um, right. Having larks. And I remember liking that quite quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was charming. I do remember that. I do remember that they've mentioned it. It's interesting how all these things come back because, I mean, I think, um, as we mentioned in previous episodes, there wasn't a great deal of choice of what to watch on TV during the 1970s. There was very little. Only a small part of that was targeted at children. So it's nice nice to have those memories. I think the other thing is like how much of what I remember watching as a child, especially at sort of Christmas holidays, was actually um, imported from abroad. You know, things like you talk about um, uh, Robinson Crusoe that seemed to be on every Christmas. The black and white, and then also you know things like the flashing blade, which I think yes. is French. Yes. Uh, which, despite having the greatest introduction to a program, I think as a childhood, as I remember, uh, and just seemed to revolve around people charge around on horses from one castle to another, and then just studying maps in a turret. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing much happened, and and if you remember, they used to be on in the used to be on again and again in the school holidays, and because. I don't know how they manage the programming. We never get to to see the final episodes, so you never actually find out how it ended. Yes, they, they just seem to be trapped in in some sort of Kafkaesque world where they just <laughs> went from castle to castle with no real idea of what they were meant to be doing. Marvelous, marvelous! All right, George. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thanks to George and to Gillian for sharing your memories with us. I'd love to hear yours, so please do get in touch via our website www.my70stvchildhood.com Tweet us at 70stvchildhood or email me, oliver at my70stvchildhood.com Several of you have been in touch saying how much you like the animated programmes made by Oliver Postgate and Peter Furman. The simple, straightforward sets and animation combined with the calming voice of Oliver Postgate seems to be a lasting memory for many of you. We'll look at their work in more detail in a future episode. But for now, I'll sign off with a few words from one of my favourites of theirs. Bagpuss. Bagpuss yawned and settled down to sleep. And of course, when Bagpuss goes to sleep, all his friends go to sleep. The mice were just mice on a mouse organ. Gabriel and Madeline were just dolls. 
and Professor Yaffle was just a carved wooden bookend in the shape of a woodpecker. And Bagpuss himself, once he was asleep, was just an old, saggy cloth cat. Baggy and a bit loose at the seams. But Emily loved him. Take care and join us again soon at My 70s TV Childhood.